0: Welcome to the For the Church podcast, another great gospel-centered resource from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. My name is Jared Wilson. I'm an assistant professor of pastoral ministry and author in residence at Midwestern Seminary. Small town life is different from life in a big city. There's less traffic, people recognize each other at the grocery store, sporting events carry a different cultural weight, and locals might become used to the smell of a nearby factory. Pastoring here can be an extraordinary task. In their new book, Pastoring Small Towns, Ronnie Martin and Donnie Griggs hope to equip pastors and ministry leaders to take on the nuances of pastoring these communities. They point out the cultural realities of these places and give pastors the tools to effectively engage their people with the gospel. And on the program today, we have the authors of Pastoring Small Towns. Ronnie Martin and Donnie Griggs. Ronnie Martin is founder and lead pastor of Substance Church in Ashland, Ohio. He's a returning guest to the FTC podcast. And Donnie Griggs is a pastor of One Harbor Church in Moorhead City, North Carolina. Guys, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, we're stoked, man. Thanks for having us. Let me start off by asking you each this. We can start with you, Donnie. Why don't you just give us a little bit of background for your experience with small town life, how you came to pastor, to plant and to pastor One Harbor Church, and maybe a little bit about that context itself. What's it like in, in Moorhead City, North Carolina?
1: Sure. So I was born and raised here. It's a small town. And this is a common sort of question. I'm sure if listeners are in small towns, they'll already be wondering how small is your town? That's like the competition all small town guys are in. It's not how big your church is. It's how small your town is. So regrettably, we have now around 10,000 people. We have a Walmart and that usually kicks me out of the small town club for a lot of people. But <laughs> but I'm from here. We didn't have a Walmart when I was a kid. So it was more authentic back then, I guess. But there's a book about our little town and my mom as a, as a little girl and my granddad are on the cover of the book. And so it just kind of speaks to how I feel, which is this feels like my town. I'm, you know, I'm from here and I'm proud to be from here. And it's a little coastal town towards the bottom end of, a, of an island chain off North Carolina called the Outer Banks. And so lots of little islands around with, you know, a couple hundred people here or there. You know, there's an island nearby is called Davis. And everybody I know from Davis, their last name is Davis. There's a guy in their church they call Davis Davis from Davis. So that's, that's a bit how it feels. And I moved away out after high school. I lived in Texas for a while in a little tiny, you know, kind of one stoplight town there called Van, Texas. Then I lived in Los Angeles County in California for about four or five years, which is not a small town, but that's when I really got introduced to church planning and was reading all the stuff everyone was reading, you know, getting excited to go plant a church in some big city and then visited my hometown randomly and ran into a whole bunch of my friends and, you know, folks I'd grown up with and just felt like there was a huge gospel need here and, I mean, really... God just broke my heart, me and my wife's heart. She's from South Southern California, but we both really felt like God was leading us to come here and plant a church, which was a huge shock to us. So we moved here a little over 14, about 14 and a half years ago, and started in a living room with a couple of friends. And just yeah, it's kind of how it got going. So and then I, some years later, I got asked to speak in an Acts 29 thing on why we should plant churches in small towns in Charleston, South Carolina. And a guy was sitting behind me. And leaned forward and was like, hey, you ought to write a book on that. And so I wrote a book back in 2016 called Small Town Jesus, which was, you know, really just trying to say we should do this because everything felt so urban. And then that led to a whole lot of, you know, getting a chance to meet small town, rural guys and hang out with them and coach them and encourage them. And until Ronnie and I became friends. And yeah, it's what led to this book. That's awesome.
0: Ronnie, tell me about Ashland, Ohio and some of the context there and maybe how you and, how you got there. Cause you're came out of California too, right?
2: Yeah. I can't. So uh, yeah, I'm in an actual small town. I'm like, Donnie <laughs> we'll started so early. <laughs> what's the population of your, what's the population of Ashland? Well, well so the population of Ashland is technically it's larger than Moorhead city, but we're okay. going to Morehead <laughs> city. Okay. It's a much worse place. So it, there's like a hundred thousand people there. The town
0: I live in is actually smaller than both of y'all. So I, I, y'all should be interviewing me. Maybe, I don't know.
2: <laughs> Jared has the true small town. If only he would plant there. No, that's true. I don't pastor in <laughs> this town. Now. That's correct. <laughs> no, I'm giving, obviously, I always, I teach Donnie a hard time about that. But no, we're in, uh, we're in Ashland, Ohio, which is just one of many small towns sort of in this region in mid Ohio. It's about 20,000, 25,000 people with a university, an old kind of factory town, you know, it has a lot of, has a lot of like Rust Belt. Kind of qualities to it where, you know, kind of its heyday was 30, 40 years ago. And now it's going through a massive revitalization project that we get to be a part of. But yeah, my experience with small towns, to be honest, was as a musician, you know, 25 years ago, touring the country, playing a lot of cities, but also playing a lot of small towns. And so I was introduced to, you know, just to kind of some of the nuances and the ins and outs of it many years ago. And as the Lord brought me into ministry, having started in suburban Southern California, actually pretty close to where Donnie's wife, Jill, lived. He just eventually brought us into a small town context, which we were really excited to do because I visited so many of these towns and there was always something about it that drew me in. And we had always prayed, Lord, if you ever wanted to relocate us to a smaller context, we would be thrilled about that. And eventually, he answered our prayers. And so about 13 years ago, we relocated to Ohio and then planted a couple of churches. And it's just, yeah, it's been a journey. Just learning about some of the differences, the cultural differences in a small town as compared to where I grew up. It's massive. And the meeting Donnie a few years ago was really fun because he, you know, again, he had already written that book. I forget how we met. We, I don't think either of us remember the exact occasion for that, but we eventually met our hearts connected. And the big idea was there's been church, there's been books written recently about encouraging pastors and church planters to seek out small towns. Don't neglect small towns, you know, plant, go, you know, go to a small town, make it your priority, make it part of your mission. But there wasn't really anything written about guys that were already in the field, you know, working in the trenches of a small town. And then, you know, how do we encourage us How do we encourage guys that are already in the context? That was really the big idea behind what Don and I wrote. Yeah, this is a subject matter. It's, you know, near
0: to my heart as well. Before moving to Kansas City, I pastored a a church in a town in Vermont that was about 700 folks there. Not even one stoplight, just one four corner, you know, intersection with stop signs. And then when we moved to the Kansas City Metro, we intentionally did not want to live in the city and wanted to, you know, live in a, a slower paced area and found a small town north of the city that, that we live in. So I'm grateful for the book. I'm wondering, Donnie, you spoke to this just very briefly in your introduction, the shift from sort of the emphasis on the city. In fact, I, you know, I remember this pretty vividly and it's still, I guess, an emphasis, but when I was moving from suburban Nashville, to rural Vermont is when this big push in kind of the gospel center tribe towards reaching the city Mm -hmm. and churches for the city and all that sort of stuff was beginning. It's upswell. So I felt like I was kind of going against the grain a little bit and felt in some ways left out of this sort of big missional emphasis. Do you sense that shift has maybe not reversed, but maybe has balanced in some way or What's the state of, the, of that conversation, the missional conversation in terms of big city, rural area?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we've come a long way. I think there's been a lot of stuff written and a lot of conferences and all kinds of things, you know, in the last seven or eight years that have really helped. I mean, when I came to plant here, to Plant One Harbor, you know, every church funding book was on cities and nobody would have said this, but I definitely felt like for the probably the first year, I felt like I had been benched. Like by the Lord, you know, like why waste my life here? Like, why, what did I do wrong? You know, it was, you know, so there was some definitely some like, you know, intentional or unintentional kind of shame, you know, like towards not being in an urban context. And I've tried, and I know Ronnie has too, to at every turn say, Hey, we're not saying that like small towns are more important than large urban centers or suburbs. We're just saying that everywhere needs the gospel and everywhere should be taken seriously. And we should try to send the best church planners and pastors and preachers and that we should try to send the best to to all these places. And so when I first spoke th- at that conference all those years ago, one of the guys who hadn't heard me speak at that session who spoke later in the day actually got up and said, "Hey, I know some of you guys are in small towns, but let's be honest, what God's doing he's doing in the cities." And, and I remember that being like a pretty like, "Wow. Uh, that's hard to hear." And so from there to from th- kind of where that was to now, I think is drastically different. I know Ronnie's had a bunch of opportunities to speak and stuff. I mean, I've done stuff for like Covenant Seminary and RTS and Gordon Conwell and done stuff, you know, up at Wheaton. And I mean, so even at that level, it's I can I've looked over like my shoulder the last six or seven years and I can see denominations and seminaries alike starting to really take this seriously. Feels like now every sort of tribe or movement or network of churches or denomination is trying to be meaningfully engaged in it. So I think all that has shifted. I wonder how much of it really shifted kind of sociologically around the time that Trump became president, because all of a sudden rural America was front and center on everyone's attention. And, and so that, that's been something I've kind of just speculated about, like, man, how much of that like, affected the kind of current impetus on small town rural. But anyway, I'm excited for it.
0: Yeah, you'd like to think that it, you know, that it is largely a missional a corrective or missional balancing. And I think, you know, I think it is, but there's always just the instinct in me to think that we're always sort of just, I don't know, pendulum swinging back and forth between, between the extremes or moving from one, I don't know if the word is fad, but one fed to another. And certainly, you know, guys like you guys and others who've been ministering in these contexts for a long time. We're like, it's not a fad. You know, this is, you know, this is my life, but grateful for the spotlight, I would think. The title of the book, I find really intriguing because it's not pastoring churches in small towns and it's not pastoring small town churches. It's pastoring small towns. And Ronnie, I wonder if you could speak to, is that, was that intentional? Is there a meaning behind this specific Phrase of pastoring the small town, or am I
2: just barking up the wrong tree with the title? No, I think, I, no, I think you're, I think that is the right tree. The title okay, is the tree. very good. <laughs> no, I, you know, that was something Darnie and I went back and forth on. It's really easy to confuse the two things. Are we talking about small churches? Are we talking about small towns? We are specifically talking about small towns. So the size of your church you know, whatever the size of your church is. And small towns have many different sized churches in them. So even in my town, we have churches that are over 2000 people. We have church, we have the majority of the churches that are probably between 40 and 60 people, but there's a wide variety of church sizes. But the thing that really connects them together is the culture of the town. So the uniqueness and the challenges are not based on the size of the church as much as they are sort of you know, directed by the actual culture of the town. And so that was really the directive for Donnie and I, was to say, what's unique about small towns? And again, to not even homogenize small towns, there's differences in different small towns depending on the area, but there are certain things, certain, I would say certain generalities maybe, if that's a good word that we located, that we could kind of hone in on in a way that allowed us to encourage pastors Within that context, regardless of where they are in the country in a small town, because we just kept coming back to even we compared where Donnie lives and where I live, which is fairly different, you know, even culturally, there were still some things that were very similar in terms of how people respond to things, their worldview, how they see family, the way they see politics, the way, the way they see their place in the world, the way they view church and, you know, the church's ability to you know, a church's place in the community and their ability to reach into the community. So there, there is definitely some things that I think if you were in this context of a small town, there, there are shared challenges for sure. And I think that's what we were trying to do in the book is to sort of locate those things and then encourage within those things.
1: Um, yeah. One little like kind of other piece of that, like, is there's even kind of the reality that when you're a pastor in a small town, I think there's a lot of opportunity for you to effectively love and care for people beyond the local church that you pastor. Everywhere you go, people know who you are. I mean, I feel like there's a grocery store in town. I feel like I'm the unofficial pastor of this grocery store. All the staff know me. They pull me aside, you know, and tell me so-and-so's husband just got cancer and can you pray for them? And it's, it's just like, I, you know, you feel like that sense of Yeah, I don't know, like the right way to say it, but I think there is a sense in which you care for the community as well, you know, and that's, I mean, that's that would vary, I'm sure, pastor to pastor or the size of the town, but I mean, even in a town that's the size of my town, I feel very much like there's a clear role I play, obviously for the church that I serve as a pastor of, but then to the community, I'm seen as a resource. You're kind of who the community calls when really hard, sad things happen, and so I think. That's like another kind of layer to it that I think would be uniquely different in a larger context.
0: No, I think you're right. I, I used to think of it as almost being like the chaplain for the town. And I, right. I, you know, obviously it, it, it changes somewhat the dynamic if there's more churches. But like where I was the only church, I was the only evangelical church in the town. There was a Catholic church. But if there's a funeral, you know, if there's a death, if there's whatever. I'm getting the call, whether they're in my church or not, so you end up. I also think what Ronnie was saying is interesting, too. just the you know, I know every region is different. Every context is different. So to say suburban Houston and suburban Nashville, you know, they're different, so to speak. But suburban areas tend to be somewhat cookie cutter, I think. and and by design, I don't think that's an insult necessarily. <laughs> they're you know cookie cutter by design. Smaller towns tend to have more of a I don't know. The matrix of relationships of culture are so you know so more tightly knit. Yeah, that it is. I think to pastor the church there, or to pastor a church there, is to ha- have the identity of the town in your vision. You have to kind of have the culture of the area more in in the forefront of your mind than you would in a suburban setting. And I say that as a guy who pastors now at a you know, church in a suburban area. So. I'm not trying to insult yeah. churches, but it's just a different dynamic,
1: right? It's interesting, too, how, like, at least in my town, I don't know how it would be in your, you guys' town, but, like, franchise restaurants that make it so well in suburban areas struggle in our town. People just want to eat at, like, the local establishment. <laughs> so We've seen so many of these, like, chains come and go, you know, and just, like, and as soon as they show up, you just it's a, matter, it's a matter of time. And people eat there just because it's new, but then, you know, everyone's going to go back to... The spot that they've eaten at for the last 50 years. And I think that, I think that carries over with church too. I think a sort of franchise model that works in larger context does not, I don't think does not necessarily work. And it needs to feel more local, more authentic, like everything else in the town, you know?
0: Yeah. Ronnie, I don't remember too many franchise places when we visited Ashland. Are there, do you have like a TGI Fridays there? Is there a, we got, we, an we got Applebee's? You do Butter okay.
2: Apple, we have yeah, we have two McDonald's, two Burger okay. King. Yeah, but uh, McDonald's is a staple of small town life. A anyway, yeah, yeah, you gotta yeah. Have McDonald's. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> you know we so we're in a university town, which would be you know one of the okay that that can be a very unique you know kind of subsection of certain small towns where they'll some of those more commercial establishments are there to cater to. We're off a major highway too, connecting Columbus yeah. and Cleveland, so. Some of those are for that. Some of those are for the university students. So again, different, weird context. But to Donnie's point, 100%, they're very much, there is very much, especially for bigger, for bigger stores. um, It's very much like a go local, go to the mom and pop establishments. We, you know, we go to Walmart because it's a necessary evil, but that's not really our preference. We'd rather go to this other store that... Even if we have to pay a little bit more, we will, because we actually know the owners and that's a high value. And so you always got to remember that, you know, I remember one time saying, well, yeah, I mean, can't you just run to, can't you just run to Home Depot and like grab that real quick? And they looked at me like, oh, <laughs> go to Home Depot. Why don't you go to, why don't you go to Home Hardware, the local place that sells that. Yeah, I mean, and I'm yeah. like, oh man, sorry. Yeah, because it's
0: $2 for a screw there. That's (laughs) pretty much, pretty (laughs) much. So we've talked about the difference in context and, you know, that dynamic. I wonder if y'all could speak to just the difference in the, you know, the kind of pastoring, right? So what does a pastor have to be well-suited for a small town context? What are some of the, I don't know, the muscles that the pastor needs to have the giftings, particularly strengths, you know, giftings that they need to have to, Mm. you know, to pastor well and to have a sense of endurance, I think.
2: Yeah, I'll start. I think one of the big things that comes to me, and maybe it's because of the context I came out of, but you definitely need to have a particular kind of slowness and an intentional slowness, I would say, which goes along with patience. And I think one of the things as, you know, as somebody who came from a culture that it was nonstop, because it was a culture where there's no weather, right? So the weather stays the same. Everybody's just going and going. And there wasn't much of a, there's not much of a rhythm. Like if you're on, if you're on in Southern California and here, there's, there are very distinct rhythms and it Mm -hmm. took us years to sort of understand those rhythms. A lot of them are dictated by weather and the seasons. There's a beauty to it. There's something that feels very natural about it, but people are also very locked into it. So what I found was that my tendency to say, Hey, yeah, let's do this and let's do this. And let's do this. I mean, that kind of mentality, that kind of like, let's go fast, let's get things done. Let's build something. Let's have this, let's have a vision, you know, a vision, you know, all these kind of pastory things that we talk about a lot. I would say that I am not at the extreme end of that whatsoever, but compared to, I think the general sort of culture of the town, um, I had to step back and go, oh, so what is, what is slow to me can even be fast to them. Yeah. So I need to figure out the pace that everybody goes And I need to kind of go lockstep in with that. And the great thing about that, to be honest, is that everybody is okay with things taking time and that I'm the one that had to adjust my expectations. I'm the one that needed to be a little more sanctified in that, right? And so that can be a very beautiful thing for a pastor who doesn't feel like he has to do everything in one year and cast the grand vision. And I would say, especially in our context. Is that if you try to go too fast, there's a suspicion to that. Yeah. They think that you're coming in, you're trying to market something, you're trying to promote something. And even if you're not, it kind of comes off that way. They just want something that they can see that is happening in a way that allows you to settle into a lifestyle that is sustainable. And what a great thing. What a great thing for a pastor mm-hmm. that wants to be, wants to do that and wants to learn how to do that better. They're basically holding out a silver platter saying, well, here, do it. Like, do it, stupid. You know what I mean? Like, it's all right. You don't have to go so fast. And so I just, I, and again, I'm talking about my context in particular here, but that's been something that, I, that
1: the Lord has grown me in, but it's
2: been a beautiful thing. So,
1: Donnie? Yeah. Well, I mean, in a sense, the whole book, is, or, you know, a lot of the book is, di- is directed at answering that question. You know, you're there. Yeah. What kind of heart position, you know, do you need to have? But I, I would say some of the first things that come to mind are just a sense of settledness. Um, I think I, what I think has happened is a lot of guys have started churches, especially if you're planting a church. A lot of guys have planted churches, you know, or showed up to take a, a spot, you know, a denomination sent them to a small town, fresh out of seminary. Most people that start out in ministry don't get their first gig is in downtown Manhattan. It ends up being these smaller rural contexts. And I've seen how basically these are guys cutting their teeth in ministry and they're they, it's clear they want to be somewhere else. It's clear they've got their eyes set on a bigger context. Even you can imagine even the pillow talk, like, you know, babe, just a couple more years and we'll get to a town with a target and some better coffee. You know, it's like <laughs> that, that kind of thing I think has really been to the detriment of ministry in rural, small town, especially America, you know, because people can tell when they're being, when they're not being like taken seriously. And I think it's a really just, a really kind of, slimy way to lead in general, especially to pastor. But so I I think I kind of just I'm just here for the long haul. Unless I mean the Lord can move you on. I mean he may move me on. He may move Ronnie on, you know, but man, we're not trying, you know, we don't feel stuck here. This doesn't feel like a stepping stone to us. We love this place and we love you and, you know, we're like we're committed. But that thing I think is really necessary because I do think, you know, to Ronnie's point that I think change happens slowly. I mean you could argue it happens slowly kind of from a human condition everywhere but I mean certainly in small towns I think you you settle in for a decade before you can really start to see cultural shifts and changes and that kind of you know patience also requires that people feel loved and cared for by you and so I think a lot of that is is really necessary and I do think that you know there's kind of all kinds of tangents we could go down but the recent years where we emphasized Maybe overly emphasize church planting. I don't think we did enough to help communicate. Once you start the church, you're then going to have to actually pastor the church. You're actually then going to have to love these people and you're going to have to like leave them and care for them. And so I think we sent, I think we sent people with impatience is kind of like baked in, you know, kind of married with, and you know, then you get to graduate to somewhere bigger and better. So, so yeah, I think that kind of settledness, contentment, and then. I mean, I just—I would say, just massive love and compassion, you know, where your heart actually breaks for the things that that break the hearts of the the town's heart, you know, and you want to enter in and weep with those who weep. And you think about addiction, you think about the mental illness. I mean, you know, you mentioned being a chaplain. I'm actually a chaplain for our, our town, and I have a fire and police radio in my truck. I run, you know, all the really bad calls, and I've done that for the last seven and a half years, and I'm seeing more suicides than I care to mention countless overdoses. I've been to five overdoses in a day in our little town. And so I just think, you know, if you kind of head, head in and go, cool, we're going to have great Sunday mornings and great Wednesday nights and we're not going to really enter into like the suffering, man. I think that there's no way you're going to really make the kind of impact the gospel, you know, can make. So those are just some things.
0: Yeah. It's harder to insulate yourself from the real life ministry when, you know, you don't have this vast, You know, programming or production or even just multiple staff, you know, to kind of, you know, take some of these things off of, you know, off of your radar. I wonder too, even just like the post pandemic impact on smaller towns. I wonder if we're just beginning to even see Mm -hmm. or discover what that is as compared to urban centers or suburban areas. In some ways, I think it may be more difficult because. There are fewer workers, and so there's you have to absorb more of whatever the the heaviness coming out of COVID would be for any pastor. But I also wonder if small town pastors are better suited for recovery from this because in some ways you're able to be more nimble and mm. th- there's just a better embeddedness maybe with the people. I wonder if we could finish this way. If you guys could speak to Ronnie, maybe you could answer. How'd you guys write the book? Did you alternate chapters? Did you say, well, which things do you feel most strongly about or passionate about? How did you go about organizing, you know, writing a book together? Cause you basically, you you didn't co-write each chapter together, right?
2: each had assignments. Yeah. We, we, I actually was able to travel down to Don's house in, in Moorhead city. We just had a whiteboard session really between the two of us and, Just started writing down things that we thought, you know, that we were each passionate about. So coming at it from a very like shepherding place in terms of saying, hey, you know, instead of it being tips and tricks and, you know, there's some practical things in there, of course, embedded in the book. But I think we were looking at it from the standpoint of a shepherd. So, you know, thinking about things like compassion and love and endurance and just a lot of things that really could apply way beyond a small town context. Nice. And I think I think when we assembled what we thought was a really good list of that, we each picked a few of those just to begin that we were passionate about and we felt like we could speak into. We just began writing our own chapters on that and then just started comparing notes and offering you know uh, advice and suggestions and encouragement to one another. And so yeah. that's kind of how it came about. I think it, I like the way it worked out. I mean, there's definitely a difference in in our writing styles, but I think it, I think it really synced together pretty seamlessly, which I thought was, which was great. That's awesome.
0: The book is called Pastoring Small
2: Towns
0: by Ronnie Martin
2: and Donnie Griggs.
0: It's available wherever good books are sold from B&H Publishing. I hope that it's a nice looking book too. It's very pretty and it's a hardback. Yeah. This is designed to, this is designed to move some copies, brothers. So I I hope you'll move some copies. Dear listener, if you enjoy the podcast, please give us a good review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And until next time, may Jesus be big in your church. You've been listening to the For the Church podcast, hosted by Jared Wilson, found online at ftc.co. This resource is brought to you by Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri, where we train leaders for the church.